0: On the flip side of things, biggest disappointment, there was a couple of ways I wanted to go about this. Um, I think there's a few players who could kind of qualify for that list. I was thinking Caleb Jones has been a little bit disappointing because um, when he got a chance finally in the Blackhawks lineup, he was injured at the first half of last season. But when he came back healthy and got substantial time in the lineup in the second half, uh, he did a lot of good things and actually went on to tie his older brother Seth for the team lead in goals among defensemen. He hasn't been able to provide the same thing for the Blackhawks offense this year. Um, now, he's also been in and out of the lineup too, and the Blackhawks offense as a whole hasn't been as good as it was last year. Obviously, the departure of Debrinket, Strom, Kubalik, yada, 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 Doc, that's a part of it as well. But, uh, I, I didn't think Caleb Jones was the most disappointing. I thought about going with Colin Blackwell, who uh, I think I gave an F to in my um, mid-season grades because um, prior to his last few outings, which have actually been really good, it's almost like he heard my podcast and it flipped a switch in him or something. Maybe I have to talk bad more about Colin Blackwell to shake him loose and get the best out of him. But um, no, he's really turned it on these last couple of games, which has been great to see. Could have had a three, four, five-point game against the Calgary Flames prior to the All-Star break. I ended up going with uh, Andreas Athanasiu, and the reason I did, while he has been, I think, more checked in the last month or so, is he's been all year long. I still don't think he fully capitalized on the opportunity that he was given early on in the year. Like, seeing what Max Domi has been able to do alongside Patrick Kane, that's been really impressive. Andreas Athanasiou wasn't able to find that same success. And I think a part of that is because his game is just so individualized, as Charlie Romeliotis put it, when he came on the show not all that long ago. Athanasiou, just what he does is his speed, Gives him chances off the rush, either on the outside coming down, coming down the, uh, coming down the wing with speed, or he gets himself a breakaway or a two on one and he shoots the puck. It's really what it is. Andres Ethnasio has six assists in forty seven games this year. Not all that good, especially considering he opened up the year on the top line with Patrick Kane and Max Domi. It's just been a little bit disappointing, and because of that, I ultimately think you know Athanasio still is probably going to get shipped at the deadline. But I think the Blackhawks are only going to get a fourth or a fifth round pick, considering he's got a three million dollar cap hit. You can only retain money on so many contracts. So if the Blackhawks have to retain on Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and perhaps Jake McCabe too you can't retain on Andreas Athanasiu. And because his $3 million cap hit, well, yes, he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. A lot of teams are in trouble financially at this point still in the post-COVID salary cap world. So I think the Blackhawks are probably going to get a fourth round pick for Andreas Athanasiu if I had to guess. And I thought, you know, potentially this could be someone that would be a 20 goal scorer, Um, maybe not 20, but 15, 16, 17 goals for the Blackhawks at this point of the season and um, could have maybe nabbed a a second round pick from another team. Just don't see that being the case. Again, I don't want to call out Andreas Athanasiu because the last couple of weeks I've thought his play has been as good as it's been all season long, but at the same time didn't really capitalize on his opportunity. That's why he's mostly been in a third line role here recently. So that's kind of why I have him as my biggest disappointment for the Blackhawks so far this year. Next up, I got a fun one. We're going to be going with the heaviest hitter, and I have it down to two Blackhawks players. The one forward I have here is Reese Johnson, because, while well, Reese has played in 39 of the 48 games this year and has averaged just over 10 minutes. He's been strictly a defensive-minded fourth line center. That's been his role for the Blackhawks this year, or I guess fourth line winger from time to time when Mackenzie Entwistle's been in the center position. Regardless, Reese Johnson's been on the fourth line all year long. That's where he was all last year. That's his future. That's his role to his credit. I think he's done it pretty well, but the physicality that he's provided in those 39 games, 113 hits, to lead the Chicago Blackhawks here at the NHL All-Star break. That's incredible from Reese. And I love that he's aware of what he has to do when he gets out there on the ice. He's not the biggest guy, but he's always willing to sacrifice and put his body out there on the line to send a message. One of those guys that I just mentioned, just like a Jake McCabe, even on the worst teams in the entire NHL, you still need guys who are going to go out there and battle, try to set the tone, set the president, be productive on the fourth line. Give your team good minutes. Help the other guys out who you know are out there more often than not. Give them a, a shift off. And Reese Johnson, I, I think, has done his job really well. I believe I gave him a B for his performance in the first half of the season when I dished out grades. So he's in strong consideration here for me for heaviest hitter. The other guy he's going up against, uh, I'm still kind of debating it right now here live on the show, is Jared Tenorti, who fortunately has missed some time here the last month or so due to a facial fracture. I believe he still has some metal wiring in his jaw. A couple of unfortunate injuries in the span of a couple of days for Tenorti has led to this absence. The good news is he's been skating here recently, and the, the belief is that he'll be back for the Blackhawks. At some point here after the All-Star break, should be sometime soon, question is, with him returning, what are the Blackhawks going to do on defense? It's going to be interesting. It feels like someone has to go. Um, But Tenorti, to his credit, he's only played in 25 of the 48 games for the Blackhawks so far this year. He's got 92 hits in those 25 games, averaging nearly four a game while uh, totaling, are averaging 16 minutes and 47 seconds of time on ice. Second pairing role, mostly for Tenorti when he was healthy, alongside Connor Murphy. I got to give Tenorti credit. He was better than I thought he would be when the Blackhawks first brought him on early in the season. I didn't understand why he was in the lineup, but um the first couple of weeks, he got off to a pretty darn, pretty darn good start with Connor Murphy kind of declined ever since then. So uh, I think his future with the Blackhawks is in jeopardy, given that they're probably going to want to make some room maybe for a young defenseman or two in the second half. I don't know. It's all going to be interesting to see. But as far as heaviest hitter, this was tough for me. Reese Johnson, 113 hits to lead the Blackhawks. He has played in 14 more games than Tenori has though, but he was averaging more th- or less than a, uh, Six minutes less of ice time per game. While Jared Tenorti, only 25 games, 92 hits. I believe he has the higher clip there, but he was playing more on a nightly basis when he was healthy. Ultimately, deciding factor right now, I'm going to give it to Reese Johnson. Jared Tenorti, I hope you provide this physical presence once again whenever you return to the lineup. The Blackhawks need it. They need some size on their D. Um, But Reese Johnson, what he's done on the fourth line, I've really liked it. Also, he's been a good face-off man for the Blackhawks this year. No, that has nothing to do with the heaviest hitter award that I'm talking about right now, but Reese Johnson has done his job. He's been one of those hardworking, blue-collar energy guys for the Blackhawks, day in and day out. Um, I think he could be a potential fourth liner of the future, maybe Marcus Kruger esque role for Reese Johnson if he's still around here in 2028, 2029, whatever, whenever it may be when uh, the Blackhawks get back into Stanley Cup playoff contention. But yeah, good stuff out of Reese Johnson. I'm giving him the heaviest hitter award for the Blackhawks here at the All Star break. All right, coming up in just a moment, folks, I will dish out my last couple of awards. But first, I got to talk to you all about Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat or calories? Well, I have the perfect snack for you. You got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. And I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're just like me and you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then I've got the thing for you. You got to try Built, because with Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're seriously so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Uh, And they're the perfect snack for your New Year's resolution. Because, well, what makes a Bilt Bar taste so good, you ask? First, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And second, they come in unbelievable flavors like cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and many other delicious treats. Plus, they all have only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every single bar. And now you don't need to wait around for a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or at Sam's Club. That's right. Head on over to the nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today, walk to the pharmacy, and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff right now. You can thank me later. So make sure to go and check out Bilt Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, still got a couple more awards that I want to dish out. Next up. I have Rookie of the Year, which, honestly, if you go look at the Blackhawks so far this season, not a whole lot of action from rookies. Uh, we've seen Isaac Phillips, who would technically still qualify as a rookie. Lucas Reichel would still technically qualify as a rookie. Uh, Arvid Soderblom would still qualify as a rookie. Jackson Stauber, who we've seen a couple of times here as of late, would still qualify as a Uh, as a rookie but so so slim pickings for this award but I ultimately ended up going with Isaac Phillips who I think has just been a really also a a pleasant surprise from the defenseman prospect pool uh going back two years I don't think anyone would have expected that Isaac Phillips would be the first defenseman that would step onto the scene for the Blackhawks here into this rebuild and be part of the the new core of defensemen as a fifth round pick a few years ago. But it's clear the kid belongs and the kid can play and he's only 21 years old and a young 21-year-old at that. He's a big kid. He's got some good size. I like the aggressiveness to his game. I think he's shown more in that area as he's kind of gotten more pro experience. And I expect that to kind of be the case over the next, four, five, six years for Isaac Phillips. Like the older that he gets, he's just kind of got to get that old man strength, if you know what I mean. And I think he's going to become more rugged and more difficult to play against. And for him to already be able to hold his own out there at the NHL level at 21. And, you know, before he got sent down, he had tallied a point in three of his last four games. He scored a beautiful first NHL goal, a heck of a backhand. Um, Isaac Phillips looked like, looks like he could be one heck of a defenseman for the Blackhawks. And I don't think anyone expected that when they initially drafted him. So it's been awesome to see Isaac and his ascension the last couple of years. That's what makes watching prospects so much fun. You get surprising guys like an Isaac Phillips, who is, you know, just more physically mature than uh, an Ian Mitchell or a Nicholas Bodin that was in the prospect pool not all that long ago. And Uh, Adam Boquist, who obviously was a first round pick for the Blackhawks a few years back. Isaac Phillips, you know, doesn't have the same flashy offensive game as any of them, but perhaps he might have the longest or, or the most successful NHL career among them. It's just weird how defensemen work like that. And it's just a reminder that defensemen are kind of oddballs. They all produce at different levels. Now, Ian Mitchell... I wouldn't rule out. We've seen with Gustav Forsling could go to another team. A couple of years down the line, he winds up being a good defenseman. It's all in the same thing. They all develop at uh different paces, but either way, Isaac Phillips, when he was here with the Blackhawks, I don't know if he's going to come back up this season, but when he was up in the NHL, he looked like he belonged. It was awesome to see that at a young age. So. Uh, I'm going to go with him as Rookie of the Year. Lucas Reichel obviously looked great as well. He only has four games of NHL action so far this year. Isaac Phillips has 11 games. So that's kind of why I ultimately ended up leaning in that direction. Next up, I have Comeback Player of the Year. This was a little bit tricky for me to kind of sort it out. I thought about going with Jake McCabe because I already mentioned when uh, giving him my Defensive MVP award that it it was an up and down year for him last year and it's been a big bounce back season for him so far here in the first half but I didn't want to dish out too many awards or really any awards to the same guy so I decided to go in a different direction I went with Sam Lafferty who as of late the past few weeks has really been turning it on prior to the all-star break I believe he has Uh, Nine points in his last 13 games, five goals and four assists, now giving him eight goals and nine assists for 17 points on the season, a career high all across the board here for Sam Lafferty already in just 42 games worth of action. He's been really awesome on the bottom six as of late, really seems to have a good connection with Jason Dickinson. Been a big part of the penalty kill too, which quietly has been one of the biggest success stories for the Blackhawks this season. Lafferty is the energy and, and the glue guy for this team in the bottom six that can just wreak havoc. He'll be physical. He'll fight you from time to time. He can provide you with a little bit of everything. But uh, we kind of knew this already in the second half of last year. If we rewind a year back, Sam Lafferty was really making his presence felt when the Blackhawks first acquired him. The offensive production just wasn't following along with it. It was like, this guy keeps getting so many good chances. He gets breakaways and he gets two-on-ones. He's just never able to capitalize on them. And his shooting percentage is so low. And when you go back and talk to Penguins fans, it's kind of the same story. Oh, Lafferty can do all this stuff, but numbers and the finished product is never there. Well, the last month or two, he's been getting the finished product. And it's really been a difference for this Blackhawks team. Again, I don't think it's any surprise. They've been winning when their bottom six has been chipping in more offensively here recently. So it's been great to see Sam Lafferty. I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's a comeback player of the year, but when you only have the Blackhawks roster to account for, I think Sam Lafferty's having a pretty good comeback season in terms of already setting career highs across the board in the first half. Plus, been a really good face-off man as well, 152 percent of his face-offs, shooting 13.1%. That's what we love to see out of Sam Lafferty, the shooting percentage in the double digits. Keep on firing that puck, baby. Good things are going to happen. I went with Sam Lafferty as my comeback player of the first half so far for the Blackhawks. Last, but certainly not least, I have the unsung hero of the first half. There were a couple of different guys that I felt were deserving to be nominated for this category as well, but I ultimately ended up going with Connor Murphy, who personally I was a little tough on when giving out my mid-season grades. I was a little harsh on Connor Murphy, and maybe that's because I've seen Jake McCabe have such an awesome ascension here so far this season, and I don't think Murphy's kind of played at the same level that McCabe has, even though I, I we've seen in the past that he's certainly capable of it. I mean, prior to McCabe arriving, Murphy was the Blackhawks' best defenseman. And you would think if McCabe wasn't playing with Seth Jones, it would make sense for those two to play together. They were on the same World Juniors team for the United States, both played for the United States development program. But for whatever reason... On the Chicago Blackhawks, those two guys have been terrible together. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, I still don't think Murphy is having the type of year all in all that he's capable of, and I think he'd even admit to that. I think there's more to Connor Murphy's game. Another part of it is he really hasn't had much of defensive partners. It's been Jared Tenorti and Jack Johnson. To discredit that, when Richardson gave him a chance to play with Jake McCabe, those two were terrible together. So I don't know what it is, but I still went with Connor Murphy as my unsung hero because he's played in all 48 games for the Blackhawks this year. And like Jake McCabe, he's provided all the little things and gone to all the dirty areas and done the job that no one wants to do, especially for a losing team playing every night in a big role, playing on the penalty kill, having to block shots. Connor Murphy's done it and he's really done it kind of like McCabe for bad teams throughout his career, having only played for the Chicago Blackhawks and the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but yeah, Murphy 104 block shots for the Blackhawks this season, 99 hits second to only Reese Johnson. He's been an absolute warrior averaging 19 minutes and 30 seconds of time on ice top four defensive role for him all season long been wearing the A, an alternate captain, a leader in the locker room. So I got to give Connor Murphy some credit because he really has done a good job in a role that, you know, not many guys would love to have across the NHL. Connor Murphy's done a night in and night out. Uh, Also, one thing that kind of stood out to me, Murphy is only minus one on the season. Quietly, he's been plus four over his last 11 games. He has been going through a better stretch. I'm very curious to see. Uh, It it seems like the Blackhawks are going to keep him for the next couple of years, but he could be another guy that generates some interest at the deadline. There's a lot of guys like that for the Blackhawks, interestingly enough. That's what makes this trade deadline so crucial and so intriguing for their future. There could be so many guys on the move. Either way, Connor Murphy, he's been an unsung hero for this Blackhawks team, playing in every game, the wins. Haven't been there, but Connor Murphy's effort has been there night in and night out. That's why I award him as the unsung hero for the Blackhawks in the first half of the regular season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show for free right now, wherever you get your podcasts, and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.